Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The World Unexplained. The World Unexplained. A podcast that explores the unusual beliefs, conspiracies, customs, rituals, and traditions from around the world. This is your host, Dr. Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. I have a great guest with me. He's the Frank B. Baird Jr. Professor of Science at Harvard University, the former chair of Harvard's Department of Astronomy, founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative, and director of the Institute for Theory and Computation. You can't ask for a better guest. But he wrote a great book, and I'm telling you right now, it's really a fascinating read. It's called Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. I know. Can't wait to hear it. Me neither. So let's welcome to the show, Dr. Avi Loeb. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. This is really a fascinating read. You got some great reviews. Sean Carroll uh, from the world of the quantum worlds. He gives you great reviews on the book. So tell us a little bit about what got this whole book started, because it's an interesting story. Well, it was an object that was discovered in October 2017 that uh, happened to be the first object from outside the solar system that was spotted near Earth and from a telescope in Hawaii. And at first people thought, uh, well, it's probably just like the objects we've seen before in the solar system, a comet or an asteroid, basically a rock. And uh, as time went on, it, it started to look very weird as we collected more evidence about it. Uh, it had an extreme geometry based on the amount of sunlight that it reflected the, as it was tumbling. Uh, so it was at least 10 times longer than it was wide when projected on the sky. And then uh, it didn't show any cometary tail. There was no gas evaporating from it. Uh, and so people said, well, maybe it's just a rock without any ice on the surface that would evaporate. But then uh, it exhibited an extra push away from the sun. And uh, the question was, what gives it that push? And the best uh, model for the way that it reflected sunlight was that of a disc-shaped object, a flat object, uh, like a pancake. Uh, and uh, it wasn't really clear what this object, what the nature of this object is. Uh, the only way I could have thought of explaining uh, the ex extra push that it exhibited is that if it, it comes from the reflection of sunlight, um, just like in the case of a sail of a boat that reflects the wind and pushes the, the, the boat forward. Um, in the same way, you can have a light sail where a sail is reflecting light and getting pushed. And this is a technology that we are currently developing for space exploration. The advantage is the spacecraft doesn't need to carry the fuel with it. But what it does imply is that this object may be of artificial origin. It's not a rock. It's not a naturally produced object. And that's what opens up a new window into the possibility that we might not be alone. And uh, that 
in fact, we might not even be the smartest kid on the block. <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting because you know some of the comments you had made, um, you brought up the idea that we're not alone. You're, you're kind of uh, trying to get rid of the Fermi paradox, if I'm correct? Well, um, there is, uh, well, we know that the, uh, half of the sun-like stars have a planet roughly the size of the Earth at the same separation. And what that means is that there are billions of Earth-Sun systems that have similar circumstances to that that we find around us. And uh, if you arrange for similar circumstances, you are likely to get similar outcomes. Uh, and so it's quite likely that there were and uh, perhaps are civilizations out there. The question is, why don't we see them around us uh, uh, or getting any signals from them? And that was Fermi's paradox. He was asking, where is everybody? And there are several possible possible answers to that. Uh, it's possible that technological civilizations are short-lived. And so they only live for a short window of time during which you can receive radio signals from them. But on the other hand, if they uh, send out spacecrafts or produce space junk, uh, we could still see it after, long after they're dead. These would be relics that are left behind. And I call that space archaeology, just like we find evidence for cultures that existed on Earth and are not around anymore in the form of relics when we dig into the ground. Uh, we can do the same thing in space and finding uh, messages in, in bottles, you know, like uh, technological equipment that is not functional anymore uh, or other space debris uh, could indicate that there were other civilizations before us, even though they're not around anymore. Fascinating, fascinating. So I guess a lot of the findings make you feel good in the sense of like when they found water droplets in Mars, this could somewhat corroborate that theory as well. And they're finding other things in the moon that there might've been something living there. Are those things really adding to your theories now that there is extraterrestrial life? Well, um, the Perseverance mission will get to Mars uh, uh, in the middle of February and will look for evidence or traces of uh, life that uh, may have existed or may still be there. Uh, and of course, if we find evidence for life on, on Mars, that would open up uh, a whole new range of possibilities uh, on other planets as well. And uh, so far, we only know for sure that there is life on Earth. Um, one reason that I uh, search for intelligent life out there in, in, in the sky is because uh, I have a hard time finding it here on Earth. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I hear you. Let me ask you this. Um, now, this is called Oumuamua. Uh, Oumuamua, which in the Hawaiian language means a scout or a messenger from far away. The telescope that discovered this object uh, is situated in, on Mount Haleakala in Maui. Oh, wow. It's a pretty mountain, too. Let me ask you this. So when you were, I know in the book you talk about the political ramifications, the religious ramifications about this discovery. If we were actually to discover aliens out there, what are some of your takes on that? Well, 
finding evidence for another technological civilization would change our perspective about our place in the universe. Uh, that's why many people uh, do not want to discuss it. Uh, when my daughters were infants, you know, they tended to think that they are at the center of the world and that they have qualities that are really special. But once they grew up and went to the kindergarten and met other kids, they got a better perspective. And uh, of course, if they insisted on staying home, they could have maintained their view that they are really unique and special. And so that's what many people prefer, not to, uh, not to explore, not to go to the cosmic street uh, not, and, and find evidence for others, because then we can still believe that we are special and unique. But my point is that uh, this will just man maintain our ignorance, that in fact, it's better to know what is out there because reality doesn't go away if you ignore it. And um, it will change the way we think about ourselves if we find evidence for others that are perhaps even smarter than us. We can learn from them. Uh, if there are dead civilizations out there, then we can learn from their mistakes and not repeat those mistakes, have a better future for ourselves. Yeah, we got like a hundred questions that have popped up in my head, <laughs> but do, do any of the past um, cases, any of them stand out to you? Even mysteries like Area 51, uh, any other discoveries that we've heard about Bob Lazar, anything at all that pops up and says this really, the, your new discovery of the Umamua really corroborates whatever else I saw out there. Anything else that stands out for you? With respect to unidentified flying objects or other reports uh, here on Earth, uh, I think rather than focus on documents that are being declassified based on all instruments that were used decades ago, we should really embark on um, deploying the state-of-the-art instruments in those same sites and checking if there is anything unusual happening there. And then nowadays we can do a much better job because we have better recording devices, both in terms of cameras, the audio sensors. And let's just check rather than argue forever about the reality of those previous reports. That's a great point. What are some of the newer technologies that they're using right now? Sorry? What are some of the newer uh, technologies that they're using right now that you think are really, really helpful in identifying intelligent life? So the astronomy community has uh, uh, telescopes and instruments that could potentially search for uh, technological signatures uh, out there. For example, uh, we could uh, search for industrial pollution in the atmospheres of planets around other stars. We could search for swarms of satellites uh, surrounding other planets. Uh, for uh, photovoltaic cells covering the day side of planets around other stars, or for artificial lights on the night side. Uh, these are things that uh, were not searched for in the past and that we hope will be searched for in the future if astronomers will only be open-minded to discovering those things uh, rather than uh, placing a taboo on any discussion on the search for technological signatures. Got a couple more questions. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Again, folks, the book is written by Dr. Avi Loeb, L-O-E-B. It's extraterrestrial. The first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth. 
Uh, Dr. Loeb, if you had your chance and they said, Dr. Loeb, you have control of NASA, anything you want, <laughs> it's all you. What would be some of the first uh, steps you would take going down that cosmic street, as you called it? What would be some of the first things you would do right now? Well, first of all, um, I would uh, uh, study all the objects that we can identify that enter the solar system from outside. Uh, the situation is similar to going on the beach. And most of the time you see rocks or seashells that were naturally produced. But every now and then you see a plastic bottle that indicates that the civilization is nearby. And so uh, we should engage in a search for all the interstellar objects that enter the solar system and, and study their nature. And by study, I mean uh, arrange for a spacecraft that can take photographs of these objects from a close by encounter. And uh, that would be one of my first priorities. And then um, we could also search for technological signatures on planets around stars that are very far away uh, by developing new telescopes, new observatories that can do that. Uh, and um, uh, there is also, of course, the, an interest in searching for primitive life, uh, microbial life. And uh, one way to do that is by looking at a composition of atmospheres of other exoplanets. And, and that will be done uh, uh, anyway by... Um, uh, the current plans of the astronomy community, but, but the search for intelligent life is not really, at the moment, part of the mainstream in astronomy. Good point. I guess my last two questions. Um, do you think we've ever been visited by aliens? That's an interesting <laughs> question. Uh, we don't know if uh, they ever visited. I think that um, we, we do not deserve to be visited. I don't think that we are special or unique. I don't think that we are particularly intelligent based on what you read in the news every day. Uh, and so um, I wouldn't be surprised if we are just like ants on a sidewalk that there are many like us throughout the galaxy and we don't deserve any special attention. And so uh, out of modesty, I would assume that we are not a destination for visits. Maybe they maybe they're trying to teach their other children this is what you don't want to be like. <laughs> we'll take you here what not to be like. Um, Dr. Loeb, I guess my other question is what how did it change you? It's been three years since you saw it. Did it change you at all in your in how you viewed the world, how you viewed life? Well, this uh, discovery, of course, uh, shaped my research, but also uh, changed the way I. I um, uh, define my goals in, uh, in the future in terms of what do I look for and what do I write about. Uh, and uh, most importantly, it changed uh, the way I uh, perceive the scientific community because it's, it's, uh, there was a lot of pushback to the suggestion that we may have witnessed a technological relic. And I think that pushback is inappropriate we should be open-minded to this possibility and not put blinders and not put restrictions on uh, this uh, taboo on discussing technological signatures. And I very much hope that by writing this book and by advocating for open-mindedness that uh, my colleagues will in the future allow younger people to explore these possibilities. 
I agree. I mean, I think it's people should be open minded to certain things until they find out what's really happening. Right. You know, check it out. Now, my last question, I guess, would be we've heard of a lot of different mythical creatures. Some would argue they're not mythical. Uh, the Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. But then there's one like the reptilians, right? The reptoids. Do you think any of these, I, I think I know your answer from the earlier comment, but <laughs> do you think any of these could be alien life forms just trying to spy and see what's going on or anything of that nature? Uh, nah. Probably not. Uh, these are different types of animals that we can at least genetically relate to other animals. And uh, it doesn't look like they are, uh, in terms of their DNA, uh, are distinct. Um, so um, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, they, ju they just look strange. And of course, the animals that we may find on planets around other stars would be even stranger because then most of the stars are actually dwarf stars, much smaller than the sun. And the, they are uh, cooler than the sun is. And as a result, um, you know, they emit mostly infrared light. So animals around most of the stars would probably have infrared eyes, very different from the eyes that we have. And they would look weird to us uh, once we find them. Um, but uh, here on Earth, I think there is good evidence that all of the animals that we see are related to each other through their DNA and nothing looks as if it was planted from another place. What would be your, your last message you want everybody to know? What do you want people to take home? Most importantly, uh, I think science uh, is maintaining your childhood curiosity and being open to the possibility that you will discover something unexpected. And so it's really fun to uh, maintain open mind, an open mind to finding new things. And uh, I'm really fortunate to, to practice science. And uh, I feel that uh, it's a great privilege to perhaps discover that uh, we are not alone and that there might be uh, smarter kids on the block because we can learn from them. Absolutely, completely agree. Thank you again, Dr. Loeb, for being here. We truly appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Folks, again, the book, fascinating read. I'm telling you right now, Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. Look, even if you don't believe it, I think it's got the book's got a great message. I highly recommend it. It's a great read. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to support our podcast, make sure to share and subscribe. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.